Hey guys, awesome episode today. We do a deal reveal of someone's text and a boyfriend who's not getting taken in by the friends. Check it out, enjoy, share with your friends. Welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train, Jared Freed, coming to you live from Harlem, New York City. We're every Tuesday and Friday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. I'll say it one more GD time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how it goes. You listen. You tell a friend. I put out the funnies. That's the great circle of podcasting life. Make it your Instagram story. That's an easy way to help. That's a non-invasive way. Screenshot. Plop it up there. Give us a little plug. I'll send you a heart, right, Shell? You don't even have to crop. You don't even have to crop. It's made for you. You lazy piece of garbage who hasn't even done it yet. You don't even have to fucking crop. Now I'm angry. Go off, bitch. Right? We're off the rails right away on this episode of the J Train Podcast. (laughs) Chubby. Doing no, yeah, Jared, he's going off the rails. No, I had all you gotta do is screenshot, post, tag, tag a bitch. That's our saying here. T T A B, tag a bitch. I'm the bitch. Tag it, and you know what? The people that are doing it, it feels good. Oh my God, does it feel good? It's, you know what it's like. It's kind of like I'm on a, you, you know, I'm actually in a tropical rainforest. I'm in a tropical rainforest and I'm laying on my back, okay? And a tree is above, a lot of trees above me and they're wet. They're moist. <laughs> yeah, we're in that tropical rainforest. And I take, and I do that move where you take your legs and put them behind your ears. And I'm naked. Let me just remind you. No, I'm naked. From the waist down. T-shirt on. I'm full, as my friend named it, Bamboloni. You know, T-shirt with no underwear? Yeah, it's a, that's a fat man move. Yeah, it's a Bamboloni. <laughs> Going full Bamboloni. Wow. That's the name for it. Okay. T-shirt, no pants. My buddy my buddy came up with that one. What, what, why? What is Bamboloni? He, he just said, <laughs> it's called going Bamboloni. When you wear a T-shirt, no underwear, just a penis hanging down. Yeah. So I'm full bamboloni lying on my back in the rainforest. I take my legs, I flip them over my head, and my balls are up. I, he is acting this out right I'm now. I'm doing this for our guest who has yet to be announced, and Shelby. So my legs are behind my ears, if I could do it right here. And I got my balls sprouting up. That is beautiful. It's a beautiful sight. And I'm the t-shirt kind of looks weird at this point. But then, a little, a little bit... From the tree, a little dewy drop drops onto my nuts. Plop, plop. Plop, plop. That's what it feels like when you tag a bitch. That's what it feels like oh when you tell a friend. God. That's what it feels like. I forgot like. where we were. Yeah, listen, I didn't know I'll, where we were. I'll bring it right back around. I'll pull a U-turn on that analogy. Yeah. So <laughs> when you 
let people know about this podcast. That's how it feels. And if you're a new listener and you're just joining us and you're going, what the hell's going on? Welcome to the show. <laughs> you made it, bitch. So what we do, I like to reintroduce the show every now and again. Mm. Right, Shelby? You got to bring them in hot. We got to bring them in hot. We got we to, gotta, you know, hot and ready. Just like the pan pizza. The hot and ready pan. Doesn't that look? Disgusting. What, what are we? What? What is a pan pizza? So a hot and ready pan pizza. There's what company does it? Domino's or is it Pizza Hut? I believe it is Domino's. Hmm. Let me bring in our guest. I'm very excited to have him here. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, it, just a great dude. Uh, give it up, Francis Ellis. Thank you for coming. So on. pleased to be here, Jared. Thank you for having fucking me. Fucking awesome comic. Yeah. Studio audience has come. People, we've been at people been asking. Get him on. I was like. We got to get him on. So appreciate it. I'm happy to have you. All of you should go follow Francis and all this stuff. He's doing some awesome stuff with Barstool at Francis Barstool on Instagram and at Francis C. Ellis on Twitter at Francis Barstool on Instagram. You're doing videos for them. You uh, a radio show, a that radio you... show that I did and I had a great time on. Yeah, that guy Large is good. He's great. He's great. He just he just He's let, awesome. So Francis has a morning radio show, 8 a.m. It's actually 7 to 9. Is it? Yeah. But we, oh, we usually no have, our, we have our guests for the second hour. I mean, yeah. how are you waking up? It's tough. Man. I know that I asked that question and people are probably cringing like, I wake up at 6 every day. And it's I like, know. yeah. But you go to bed at, you know, 9, an appropriate time every night. You're going to bed different time. It's not going to bed late. Right. That's not the, the struggle. It's it's the varying times. Right, right. You're absolutely right. It be, right, you go to bed. Let's say you have no shows on a night. You go, oh, 10 o'clock, I'll go to bed. Then the next night is 2 a.m. because you got shows. Right. You can't, the next night you just can't go back to 10, 10 p.m. again. Yeah, it's all over the place. I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good napper. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm a gifted napper. I, I do the 20-minute nap. That is a skill I wish I had. Yeah. I am not a good napper. It's such a, like, some people have and some people don't. Yeah. 20 minutes, and it's as though I've had 10 hours of sleep. And then I reset for my evening. And so then, you're built for it. Uh, kind of. Um, I did every day uh, of the week for the first eight months of our show yeah didn't miss a show and then i was so burned out that i told my boss i needed help and that's when large came in okay and he and i he does monday i do tuesday he does wednesday i do thursday and then we all do friday Oh, see that's a great way and plus that keeps it fresh it's great you different perspectives and willie cologne is there every day except you unfortunately didn't get to I, have him i missed the willie cologne because day. he's down at the super bowl yeah that now you're doing a show, you know, large. I don't know how do you get. I mean, he's a big dude, but he's not the biggest guy I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not sure how he got his nickname. I mean, he's six five, like two sixty, which is pretty big. But yeah, but he didn't like. It wasn't like I was like, oh, this is right. Uh, there's large, right? Yeah, of course, like I've seen guys as big as him. I don't know? know where he got that nickname. Okay, from. but so he used to work in finance. Yeah, he was a trader for 25 years on the and stock then exchange. All of a sudden, he's just like, I'm going barstool. Well, what happened was he was writing uh like a a weekly report. Okay, called the report, which was like a comic, a, a comedic, you know, take on stocks. Interesting. And it got circulated all over the place, and traders and finance people loved it. They were obsessed yeah, with it. And, and then he got fired because of it. 
Oh, see, this is well. This is like a that's a, quite an origin story. Yeah, yeah. So then he moved into like you know so he got he, hired at Barstool and and now he's on the radio and does radio. He writes for us. He's got some amazing so, stories. So, uh, but also great perspective for that world. Like the Barstool audience, like I would you know meshes into the stock trader, right. you know Wall Street audience. Is he writing that? stuff for them now he does still? some financial advice and stuff like that but uh I, you know his real creme de la creme is um like stories he, he writes long stories like his story he wrote i would say the best blog of the year last year okay which was his experience on 9-11 oh shit and he was in the stock exchange when the towers came down and like he ran to the water as the tower was coming down oh behind my god him, lost a ton of friends Lost uh, his father-in-law. I mean, it, it, you know, it's it, you should read it. It's one of the most so go look that up. Moving I mean, I, stories. I'm gonna go read it after we're it's done here. Harrowing his recounting of it. But yeah. I mean, that's. I would think you know that's an amazing thing too. But I would think like, dude, you got to market in, in in relatable. Yes. Financial talk, like like how unrelatable that world is. Right. But you have your own origin story with Barstool, which <laughs> I think is really cool. Yeah. It's you, pretty wild. You're, yeah. you, they have like an American Idol type of thing, right? And you come in and you tell it. You yeah. So they they did this uh, Barstool Idol. You know, it was kind of like an apprentice American Idol thing. A bunch sure. of people auditioned. Nobody knew what it was because nobody had. A, we didn't know if there was a job waiting but, at the end of it. Oh, so they didn't even know that. Well, like they were kind of just you know put it let's, together every that day let's give a barstool idol be something fun on the site people right. come up you know you have varying degrees of personalities that come in we'll have awful people like the william hungs right and we'll have you know francis ellis who's yeah. good and has a talent yeah. yeah and uh so i i was tutoring at the time that yeah. was and doing stand-up for, for years that's what i was doing and i decided oh, i'll you know i'll try out for it and like sure. auditioned got put through to the week of you know the hell week kind of thing yeah in the house kind of idea uh and then each day they would vote people off and i just kept sticking you won around. the hearts of barstool nation yeah and That's i great. and i won the job and they you know six month trial contract that quickly evolved into a full-time job that's so. awesome i mean that's 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 an amazing thing because then all of a sudden you now you got your you you have uh an audience yeah, to, yeah. to perform for do videos for you've done hilarious videos on their site Thank so you. you get yeah. like stuff you get i you know i see it with like you know my instagram now where i'll do different things on it mm -hmm. and people are like well why do you do you know i'm just like well i have my own channel now right and there's people that will watch that's what's fun for me like doing live tweeting the bachelor i'm like i just like the bachelor yeah i don't know it, <laughs> you know what comes first the audience or doing the thing you know like there's probably ideas that you're doing now that you're like well only because there's people here watching, very I'll true. do it. Very true. Yes, I there's was a hot mic. I was guided towards some things that worked. Yes. you know what I mean. Like sure. they were like, "We want more of that," and you're like, "Well, I've never done it before, but okay, I'll keep trying it." And you play music. I do. So I think that is like the best thing a comedian can have in his back. Pocket. Really, I really do. Because I, 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 I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Some there's I, I there's obviously for every type of comedian there's someone that's a hater. So there's some people who are like, well, you know, music. But I'm like, that is the the fact that you can like pop over to a piano, right, and play an original tune. And you, you people people say that about you know impressionists. They're like, well, he does impression. It's like, yeah, but then you watch people's eyes and their fucking world changes. Right. It's like they did a magic trick. It, did you always play piano? I I always played the piano, but I never thought that I would ever incorporate it into comedy. Yeah. 
And um, I don't even remember. I wrote the first song I wrote that I posted on Instagram was about my love of Xanax. Okay. And I wrote this love song to the drug Xanax and it was only a minute and it was all about like the wonders of, you know, taking it and waking up on a flight there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got so many more views Mm. and comments and shares than anything that I had ever done. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay light bulb moment well it's it's interesting like the audience likes it yeah. i like like it you know you enjoy doing it you and then you get more energized right. by people being like when's the next one coming exactly that's cool but i was very self-conscious about the opinions of fellow comedians yeah i i think we're fucked if we worry about the i know because what comics do is Every we're we're professional complainers. Yes. So like I'll I I always say that like you know bring me on your show you come on my show I'll go on and complain about nothing <laughs> for hours and there'll be a point where someone will get some people don't like that they'll go well what about the horrors of the world I'm like yeah complaining about stupid shit doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge that there's bigger shit out there right but so when you're in comedy like I you know I have bits that I'm like. If someone heard me do this or you know sing dance and dust on this fucking thing, they'd be like, "Oh, come on." And I, you know, I know that there's there's people out there that would do that to me. But I think like what you notice about comics is they're like lagging indicators. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we go back to finance talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like I do find a lot of them are looking at me going, "Well, what are you doing there?" The thing that I would have thought they would have hated on. Oh, interesting. You know, like, especially like Instagram stuff. Like I yep. I'm always posting like you know, stuff in the morning or, you know, me with a hose and like, of course, that's a hateable thing, but I know it is, yeah. you know, and they'll, right. and they're, you know, then I'll get like people being like, the hose thing was kind of funny. Yeah, you know, like, right. But you, you, the same with music. I think that's the same thing. Yeah, I, I think what I realized was uh, eventually what gave me peace about it was that I'm still writing jokes and reworking jokes in songs as as carefully as I do spoken jokes. I think it's great. I think uh, also Owen Benjamin has left this market for a whole another weird market. What is he doing now? <laughs> I don't know. He's you know. Uh, we, should we not mention him? Will we get attacked? Uh, He's just gone. He went as mo the most insane you can get. I think. He's gone right wing, alt right wing comedy. Is that what we should say, or should I not say that? I think that very much applies. That applies. So I, but I think what happens is, you know, with guys like him, who he is a talented comedian. Yeah. But, right? He was like writing on TBS shows, and then out of the blue, he's like, why can't I say the N word? Yeah. You're like, okay, (laughs) buddy. You know, (laughs) and then all of a sudden, yeah, you're like, all right, well, you know what's. If we're gonna go into another subject, it's like with all with everything politicized, there are people that have been like politicized into crazy. Oh, you know yeah, where like yeah. they they're like defending a like a certain stake. Like you gotta have free speech, and then ten ten months later, they're like, and I should say the n word. You're like, what? <laughs> like how did you go so far off the reservation? Bizarre. Yeah. So, but I mean, what he used to do, and and what he was great as he was he's like a he's like a a, a really like like an amazing piano player like right uh, like on the level of like concert pianist right so so i grew up 
playing classical yeah. piano and studying it for many years. Yeah. And I actually worked as a pianist uh, at a hotel for, for in high school. Awesome. So I, I had the baseline. And actually, Andrew Schultz, who yeah. I love, told me that the reason I uh, it, it works in comedy the way I do it is because I don't suck at the piano. Yeah, that's a big deal. He said, have, you know, the, the, the great example for me is Tim Minchin. Do you okay. know him? No. He, I, that uh, name sounds familiar. You, you might me. recognize him. He's got this crazy flowing red hair. He's okay. Australian. He wrote the musical Matilda. Okay. He was on Californication for a whole season. Okay. And he's done a whole bunch of incredible songs. But he's so good at the piano yeah. that it's... It's entertaining regardless of the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it. Now you've gone from, you know, the funny guy who plays piano to a pianist who's hilarious. Right. You know, like it, there's a way to say yeah. you, you're seen under a different lens. And if I were just up there playing block chords and then relying on the lyrics, I don't. I don't think people would Even like it. Even knowing much. the phrase block chords sets you <laughs> apart. But yeah. what I really want to talk about is hot and ready pizza. <laughs> Go Shall on. We, did we figure out what company it's Pizza Hut or Domino's? It's Dom. I have my own thoughts, but I'll let you get to yours. Well, first. my understanding of the hot and ready pizza is that you show up and they just have it hot and ready. And it's like, who wants the old pizza? Who's running in being like, <gasps> I need a pizza. <laughs> I'm in a stitch. Right. You this know? is different than the personal pan. Personal pan pizza is just the, that's a pizza you get for yourself. I think we're talking about Little Caesars. Little, that's right. Uh. The, the Kmart of pizza. Hit the button. Shelby does it again. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> there fair, it is. Fair point, Shelby. I will say Another this. one for classic shit. Don't we have that sound effect? I'm, I'm, I'm all right, all You're right. You're on the fucking thing. Relax. Classic Shelb nails another there it one. Is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was, I was so I, but I just don't. So the personal pan pizza. What do you think of that? I have a. It's not my theory, but okay. we've. Uh, I used to be on a radio show, Sirius XM, and we noticed we were right next to Shade Forty Five. The rap station. Shade 45. Yup, I'm familiar. If you look up uh, like Sway, the videos yeah. that he puts out. They show. do not like Owen Benjamin. Oh, no. <laughs> they were, we were right next to them. Fans. Okay. And sometimes it's like we had an extended meeting after the show. It would be from, the show was from noon to three. So okay. after we might get a pizza. And of course you'd, you know, hey, what does everybody want? Come to an agreement, get like a large. Sure. We noticed that the rap station, let's just be honest, mostly African American. I don't see color. Okay. But go ahead. We noticed that the trash can that was in between like the studios that people put like paper or whatever, if they ordered pizza, they'd get like six personal pizzas. To me, <laughs> that's the answer to the equation. I think they're doing it right. Because we'd see like six personal boxes stuff then yeah. we like wait why don't you guys just order a normal size so it's because like, they don't want your pineapple mix you know how, how do you decide what to order <laughs> right what do you oh well i want pepperoni and then one person gets a whole pizza and everyone else has to share one pizza it's like a new non-offensive stereotype yeah, this sort is, of <laughs> 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 that that african-americans into rap are really good at separating pizzas yeah they like they're like a personal pan a personal pan pizza well the hot and ready pizza the difference is i think at little caesar's is you can show up and they're gonna just have some ready mm. and it's like 
That to me, I, I don't know who can't just wait the 10 minutes. Five bucks. I guess, I guess it's, so it's five bucks for what could be hours long sitting out pizza. Well, that's my question, right? Is mm. that uh, what happens if they cook a whole bunch and then it's a slow day? Yeah, that, who's that going home with? But right. that tells you how cheap it is to make pizza. Right. Like it costs probably 10 cents to make one of those things. And they're getting 495 or 490. Right. Well, let's hope they they compost at least. We've got yeah, let's hope and you know, we've gotten through a lot of subjects at the beginning of this. Let's do some emails. You ready, Shelby? Let's get to it. Francis, you ready? I love email. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Go follow Francis Hilarious. His Instagram's great. At Francis Barstool on Instagram. At Francis C. Ellis on Twitter. Bridgeport. Bridgeport, Connecticut. I know you're out there because I'm coming to Stanford tonight. We're taping this ahead of time because I'm going away this weekend. Go to Bridgeport, the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut, February 7th through 9th. Fran's going to be there. He's going to be telling some jokes, playing some tunes, some hilarious tunes, and you should all go out and support and watch. You're going to have a great time February 7th through 9th at the Bridgeport Stress Factory. Also, you are a Harvard graduate. I am, yeah. Now, my brother played lacrosse in, in college at, at St. John's. St. John's. It, he played at in Michigan. In Annapolis? St. John's is in Queens. Oh, right. Okay. I, I, I was just in Annapolis, and there's one there, too. Really? It's beautiful. So yeah, he... He played at Michigan, then did uh, and then when they were like club, and then he played D one at St. John's. But it's funny the lacrosse world all yeah. kind of circles around each other. You played lacrosse at Harvard. I did. Yeah. What was that? I mean, do you have people like that were like so you know they they come to stand up shows now? Look at we're getting refined here. <laughs> lacrosse. Yeah. This is Vivaldi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I shouldn't know the composer, but uh, yes, you should. Just like <laughs> just like. Uh, Chords, broken chords. Right, right. Block chords. Block chords. <laughs> uh, do the lacrosse players come to shows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still friends with a few here yeah. in New York, but I don't stay up with the team anymore. Do you do alumni shit? Do you no. go back? Do you no. wear the hat? And I'll go be honest and- with you. Yeah. I hated playing lacrosse. You hate it? Hated it. Was it a entree into Harvard? or was It helped it? me get in, yeah. certainly. So, yeah. But then why play? Did you do all years? Or? Um, I played my freshman, sophomore, and senior year. It's a roundabout tale uh, involving the coach. Okay, that, it just uh, didn't work out. He, I didn't like the coach. Uh, I was recruited by a certain coach, yeah. and then he got fired right before I arrived my freshman year. Do you feel for the, co- you know, we got football on the TV, mm. college athletes, if, are you going for the coach? I mean, it's, it's a huge part of it. Yeah. If like, you know, you're being recruited by a bunch of different schools and coaches and you develop a relationship with somebody and then expect to play for him for yeah. four years and right before you arrive. If the person that sold you the car yeah. and then all of a sudden you have another person you know, come in at the last second, you're going to be like, well, I, I, yeah. I kind of was sold by this guy. It's yeah. a huge commitment. But, I mean, the flip side is, like, that's why I was so glad to have, I hate to say chosen Harvard. Yeah. But it's like one of the best pieces of advice I was given was choose the school, not the team. Interesting. So that even then, if I was, you know, miserable playing lacrosse, I would still have a see, good school. See, this is the thing. They, you know, with the, you know, D1 football players. Right. They're not choosing between Harvard and Yale. That's right. you know they're not choosing between Harvard and Ohio State. Right. It's you know Michigan State and Ohio State. Right. So to them, like choosing the school, what does that mean? And then no offense to the Ohio State or Michigan State people, or even where I went, Penn State. 
whatever. Right. You know, you're going to get an education at those, and they're all going to be a little bit. None of those are jumping off the page. Harvard jumps off the resume. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I, I wanted to just use this the sport to help me get into the best school that I could. And, uh, and it worked. And it worked out. I was, yeah, yeah I had a great time there. So. Let's do some emails. Francis Ellis here. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. We do a thing at the live show. It's called the Deal Reveal, okay? People send their texts. I remember this. Them. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun segment. This person wrote in, please deal reveal this. Have been on two dates with this dude I met on Hinge. We were supposed to go to an NFL game together for date three, and he canceled the night before. His communication skills are terrible. He hardly texts, but he's great on dates in person. What the fuck is going on? We're both 23, rated, reviewed, subscribed, and posted on Insta stories an annoying amount of times. Thank you. Please note that after this convo happened, nothing changed communication-wise. So hmm. we're going to go to his these texts. Yeah. Good. This is meaty. I this like this. This is meaty. Okay. So she writes, do you want to read her, her part? Sure. This is fun. Oh, right? this is him. So that you'll oh. be him. Okay. Hey, I honestly am sorry about Sunday. I did send you a text around a week beforehand, but with these phone problems I was having, I guess it didn't go through. I should have definitely called you. <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> You have three men in here sitting here and and you know this is why a lot of women have gotten into this podcast recently uh, yeah. in the last couple of years. Three men just openly laughing and smiling at that text. Yeah. Nobody right. is that bad at phone. And not only that, but nobody has phone problems. Nobody. Not in this day and they, age. They they fix the issues. There's no <laughs> yeah. You're not under a tunnel yeah. at, at all times. We have 5G now. Yeah. What are we talking <laughs> about here? Yeah. This happens. This happens. Once a year, like a, a text doesn't go through. Right, right. Once a year, a text doesn't go. So remember that. So for this, you would have had to won the lottery of shitty texts. Right. For this to be true, he's not at war right no, now. No, 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 you no, know, no. He's <laughs> he's not living in the subway to get away from a fucking nuclear holocaust. Right. I, so she writes back. I understand and definitely forgive you. It's really hard to get to know you when communication is so limited. I have a lot of fun with you every time we hang out. They've hung out twice. Yeah, that's a, this is serious. But I'm someone who really likes texting and checking in, and we don't really do that. Now, what do you think about that? Texting and checking in. Uh, you have a girlfriend now. Yeah. Do, do, you know, that's a part of the relationship. It's but, a huge part. But is it a part of date three? No. No. I, I don't you think so. You can't expect that I, from I somebody. also wonder, like, how far apart were their first two dates? Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's um, a good point because what happens is, you know, she's already in I don't trust you mode. Right. She's right. saying we don't... If she trusted him, she wouldn't care about the amount of text. She wouldn't be counting text being like, well, it's four to one. Right. You know, like, right. she doesn't trust him, so she's sitting there being like, I well... I'm not getting this, you know, fights, everything comes down to trust at some point, mm -hmm. but the fights all start with this like surface level shit. Right. Right. I mean, it. I don't, I don't give these two a, a chance in hell. Uh, <laughs> that is such a, a gulf between her expectations for communication and what he's capable uh, of. Absolutely. And also it, the one thing that she's asking for him to meet her standards, sometimes you that's just not the match. I agree. There are certain things you can change about a guy, but you have to get in first. You, you can't yeah, you have to and you can't do it date three. That's right. Yes. L read his now he writes uh, back to that. No, I completely agree with that. 
My thought was more so when you don't really know someone, it's easy to get the wrong impression from a text because there's so much missing. And I'll overthink what I'm going to say. Ha ha. <laughs> that nervous ha ha. That is, that is gaslighting at its finest right there. How so? Um, so my understanding of gaslighting is that it's like speaking in such a way, in a confusing way, as to make the other person think that they're crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's trying to basically say that... I don't want you getting the wrong impression. I don't trust you to get the right impression of my yeah, text. I don't want to text you a lot because then you're going to get the wrong idea of me. Yeah. And it's he's putting it on her. It's, he's saying your, your feeble mind won't yes. be able to detect my you know tone over text right and then he keeps going uh but when i feel more comfortable i'm a big fan this whole thing is just a lot different from college high school yeah. where you see someone all the time and i honestly have no idea what i'm doing haha ha. oh my god here's the thing that that text was separated by a paragraph he, <laughs> he put it in two paragraphs if you know enough to to separate to send a, a text, page break a page break yeah you know enough to text back hey how's your day going yeah well, hey what's going on or respond to a how's your day going yes so it goes both ways yeah. she could be sending more like hey what's been going on uh and then he could you know be writing back you know writing back to those that's as much interest as the how's your day going right to this me, is, this is, I mean, the two of them are playing a, an outrageously accelerated game. I know. And things are too serious too quick. Yeah. The, and, and sometimes that happens. I do understand that where someone's like, you know, like, what went wrong? And it's like, well, there wasn't any room for this to breathe. I think with these texts, it, I think it's interesting that when we read them, it might feel make people feel better because they're going, yeah, I've gotten that text before and I bought it. Right. And we're sitting here being like, don't <laughs> don't buy it you know his next text could have been yo let's talk about this tuesday let's go for a, for dinner or drinks right hey uh, or hers could have been hey uh where you been right like where you been is a way better text than i just feel like i'm not getting the type of response from you that yes. i am looking to get from a relationship because where you been is actually casual fun jokey prodding and it starts a flirtatious combo right. whereas her thing of, like, if we're going to help her, because him we can't fix. Right. Her, I'd say, listen, if you don't get the texting you want, right. ask for what you want. Totally. These two had a tiny, tiny little paper cut, and they both decided to fix <laughs> it with open heart surgery. Absolutely. I totally agree. And, uh, that's and the reason, And the reason she did that is she says we're two dates in, and we were going to an NFL game for our third date. That and then it got canceled. Right. This is classic, fun second date. That guy got too drunk and said too much. It it's we should do uh, yeah. an NFL game. I got tickets. Yeah, he might not have even had tickets. Yeah, he didn't have. Oh, we should do. We should do is never something you should latch on to. Right. We should do right NFL game. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. you need to see those that. Uh, StubHub receipt. Yeah, in an you email. know what else would be fun? A roller coaster in heaven. <laughs> that would be fun too. <laughs> Let's fly somewhere. <laughs> J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Francis Ellis at Francis Barstool on Instagram. I get you're so confused. I keep looking at. Well, I I switched my Twitter uh, in, to with, Francis C Ellis, and I know you're supposed to have both social media handles. All mine the are same. Di mine are different, but I I under it's a it's all a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah. And you just the thing is the best thing you can have is someone puts the first two letters and they find you. Right. 
But I'll, he'll be tagged on all my stuff when this comes out. Listen, we're sponsored, people. Woo-wee! We're sponsored. The 2019 Fab Fit Fun Spring Box is now on pre-sale. Treat yourself with, with a me, your moo-moo robe. What the fuck is that? Something great. <laughs> Something great. Here, listen, I, I love um, Fab Fit Fun it's, it, because it's, there's so many times that you go to a store and you're like, you, you, you become negative. You be you know you ever go walk into a store and you're like what am I doing here? Yes, I don't have the money to spend. Mm. I don't need anything. None of us need anything. You're listening to a podcast on a magical device that at, that dissects people's texts. Okay, life is pretty damn good. We're not sitting there being like, where's the water? <laughs> There's running water. Okay, <laughs> who's <laughs> walking the eight <laughs> barefoot miles to get the water? Yeah, today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fab Fit Fun saw this coming as their endorsement, but I, I'm telling you, so it is tough because we we're ultra hard on ourselves mm. every day. We go to work, we go to school, we go we go to the gym. We try to work on ourselves, better ourselves, and you know what? Sometimes you need a treat, and. The beauty of FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a a year with full-size beauty, fashion, home, fitness, and wellness products for just $49.99 a box. It's like a gift to yourself four times a year. A little surprise, a little something to break up the year. It feels good. And also, they're full-size gifts, so you're getting something that you generally wouldn't get for yourself. You know, and, and it's every box is guaranteed to have over two hundred dollars in retail value. The two thousand nineteen spring box is valued at three fifty. For just forty nine ninety nine per box, you're getting full size products that cost more than the entire box. So I just think with Fab Fit Fun, and I know they get made fun of a lot <laughs> because and, and because there's a lot of influencers that are putting this shit out. Oh look at look, look a cream. You know, they sound like idiots, right? <laughs> They make us feel like idiots for buying it. Sure. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I just follow a lot of influencers when they pull out their fab. Ooh, look at the packaging. Like, as if we've never seen packaging. Right. I'm not an idiot. I just think that FabFitFun is just a great product and a great thing. It's a treat to yourself. Also a treat to someone you live with if you're a guy out there. Yeah. For the woman in your life. If you're a woman that's kind of trying to decide on like maybe do a year for a friend. Valentine's Day is coming Valentine. Up. I mean, come on. Yeah. Listeners to the J Train can get $10 off your first box. Just go to fabfitfun.com, use promo code J Train. That's J Train. That's J Train. fabfitfun.com, promo code J Train. These boxes always sell out. That's that's why they can price them. They know how many they got to get. They know what their demand is. They're selling out. So you should sign up today. Go to fabfitfun.com, sign up with the promo code JTRAIN to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 in value for only $39.99 and start getting the box for a life well lived. I love that sponsor. That's great. I love this question. Jared Shelby, an esteemed guest. I'm a longtime fan of the podcast. Love everything you're putting out into the world. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'll get right to it. Last spring, I ended a relationship with my boyfriend of six years. It was basically amicable. We just grew apart. 
My ex and I lived together and we had a very tight group of friends we shared. Many of the friendships in the group date back to high school or even grade school, so the split was tough not just on us but on the whole friend group. It's weird, but everyone's done their best to be supportive of both us and not take sides. Fast forward about six months, I finally started recovering from the post-breakup sadness and began dating again. I started seeing a new guy and things with him are going great. However, my friends seem determined to dislike him and won't give him a chance. Ooh. <laughs> that sucks. Because the friend group is always going to compare to the last guy who they're all invested in. Sure. But the, the friend group, I mean, usually I feel like that, that the sides are chosen based on gender, right? Mm. So her girlfriends, I presume, are are, should be willing to stick with her and welcome this new guy and her guy friends that she inherited from her last boyfriend. Yeah. Obviously, I don't expect them to necessarily like the new well, guy. She writes, the few times I brought him around, they say he's rude and a dick. He definitely has a sarcastic sense of humor, but no more so than the other people. And I feel like it's just an excuse. My ex from last year hasn't started dating and some of my friends have openly told me they thought we'd get back together, which is not an option. Neither he or not, nor I want that. I feel like my friends are determined to dislike any new guy I bring around in order to protect my ex's feelings and keep up the possibility of things going back to the way they were. Ooh, this is juicy. Yeah. They're starting to leave me out of the group activities and not inviting me to things I definitely would have been included in before, and that hurts. How do I get my friends to open up about my new, uh, open up about, to my new boyfriend or at least not shun me because I'm moving forward from my ex? I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable or be hurtful towards anyone, but I would like to both move on with my dating life and keep my friends. What do you think? Uh, it sounds to me like her entire friend group uh, was friends with the ex-boyfriend and that she just thought that they were her friends. Oh, you don't think she was as close with them as I don't think. It th I mean, if they've all basically, if they're all Let's against well, her. Well, I, you know, there is a thing um, where it's like, are you the, 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 the carpet is woven so tight because she does say they go back to grade school and high school. She so, and the ex? And the group of friends. Oh. So, like, as far as that's concerned, like, I know that if I dated some of my close friends in high school and then the group kind of grew up together, I I know that that would be... I, I do understand where they're like, we got to protect the weakest one in the group. Yeah. Like, they, it does feel like they're, they, you know, she's a deer that went off and is fine and he got his leg curt and he can't find a... You know, yeah. it feels like they're protecting him... The thing about him being a dick, I, I don't know. People can get off on the wrong foot. I understand that. Yeah. I do understand what you're saying with as far as like, you know, who are your real friends in this? Someone right. should take your side. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. Or, or just be like indifferent. At but, I also, but I think groups act. Group think. It's like a group think thing. Yeah. Where it's like they've all also talking shit is a lot of fun. It really is. So them, <laughs> her bringing this new dude to a group that's already assessed themselves as whatever they are, yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, we got a new, we got a new fucking, we got new, new, new fresh meat, right?" To talk shit on. This is great. So that can get away from the group too. Plus, the ex is there, so he's involved with the talk shit. Right. So it makes him feel better about his ex moving on and having a new boyfriend. My advice. I have very specific advice for her. I'm excited. 
She's got to uh, snipe them off one by one. Oh, good thought. You got to separate one from the group and murder them away from the group. Yeah. You know, murder them with love. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mean murder, but I mean you have to say to you have to have hangouts, and it's got to be with some of the more. Let's go back to influencers with the Fab Fit Fun. Every group of friends has influencers. Mm. Who are the people that can go back and go? He's not a bad guy. Yeah, the alphas. You need some alphas. You gotta, you gotta tear off one of the alphas, right. one of the influencers in the group. You need your Fab Fit Fun influencer of the group, right, to go and hang out with them individually and the guy, and get them on the same page. Have totally. and really show them off like he's a new watch. And have a good day with them. Try, and this is tough because maybe it goes badly. But this is the only option you got. Right, is to showcase him to one of them, not the group, because the group's gonna act as the group. Right, they're gonna be as bitchy as the biggest bitch, and whatever the shit talking has been. Right. It's hard to show up to a group that's already been talking shit about you on group chats and and pictures and whatever the uh, assessment they've made, and yeah. to like reverse that. Right. So you get the one. Do you think that they're having a confrontation? Yeah. I absolutely do. This is very much a bachelor way of thinking of things. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling her, she needs to, you get the one good big person in the group, you siphon them off in, a, in an individual hang, and then you work it out from there, and then they go back and they, they go, the, the shit yeah. talk happens, they go, I had a good time with him. Right. He's actually not that bad. And then they go, now the group starts, now the ship starts to turn. Yes. It's tough to turn the Titanic. Right. It's PR. I mean, yeah. she has to act as his publicist in a way, and she needs to get him in front of the right people and, and on the right channels. Um, I Here's a question, though. Sure. Jared, do you think that if the boyfriend had gotten a girlfriend first and that she were still single, that the group would have been as negative towards... No. That girlfriend? I don't think so because it, it seems like she's the one doing better in the breakup. Yeah. You know, since right. she's doing better in the breakup, uh, they're trying to like help the... Like, it seems like she's totally okay with the breakup and the boyfriend might not be. Right. Well, making a lot of assumptions. Another but. thing she could do, and this is kind of extreme, mm. if she really cares about keeping the friends but also dating the, do- the guy, is she could pick up some kind of horrific habit. Yes. Whether it were alcoholism, <laughs> something to elicit sympathy. Sure. Where they're like, man, she's doing badly. We're going to be there for her. Not only that, but it's good that she's got this boyfriend, yeah. hopefully. Somebody can, can help her. Be well, her rock. I've been in friend groups where the situation, not uh, addiction, but like someone got so bad that everyone just backed away. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh. And then like, oh my A God. Powerful now they're alone. conversation. Oh, that's right. You can't miss. <laughs> That's a good, you have to have a powerful conversation. It's got to have a tough one. Tough one. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Francis Ellis at Francis Barstool here with us. Go follow, go support the Bro- Bridgeport Stress Factory, February 2nd through uh, 7th through 9th. Bridgeport Stress Factory. Hi, Jared. Listening about J Train and you up. Can always count on you for some laughs. Um, also, we'll be seeing you with friends at the live show. Oh, this is from way back. Hoping you can weigh on this topic. Why the fuck do people continue to reach out even when they're blocked? Even when other people, the other person is clearly in a relationship. I understand you're buying from the same shop theory. So I have a theory where it's like people go back to people they've been with before. Yeah. Because it's like someone who already bought at your store. Right. That's It's not that they like you more or had a realization. It's 
you're comfortable. Right. So, but once clearly see the, uh, but once you clearly see those things, i.e., you're blocked, the person is in a relationship, isn't it obvious that the store is closed? I've dealt with this personally. When I was single, guys realizing they are blocked and then continue to reach out across multiple platforms WhatsApp, Instagram, LinkedIn. I've even had one lunatic years back who found my work email. I just don't block people excessively. It usually has to progress from being politely dismissive to ignoring to very clearly and sternly asking them not to contact me anymore before I get to blocking. So, okay. So they're not just blocking willy nilly. Yeah. It's 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 growing to a point where they're like, "Hey, I gotta block you." Yeah. Okay. Um, most recently, someone from a very very long time ago reached out on multiple platforms to ask why I blocked him. I'm engaged, which is even more than uh, which is more than evident uh, from my ins- public Instagram account. The recent message uh, got me talking with my friends, single in relationships, and I was at- shocked to learn that they deal with this all the time. Likewise, uh, there were girls who would do the same thing to my fiance when we started dating, despite being insta official and all that. So I don't think this is a guy thing necessarily. Question is twofold, I guess. Can you explain this behavior? If you know you are blocked, why is it uh, your response to try a different method of contact? Clearly, the blocking and ignoring was wasn't accidental. Second, what is the best way to handle the cleanup phase when you get into a new relationship? When people from your past don't get the hint or disregard you ignoring them, i.e. by moving to another messaging app. I know it seems like a small thing, but sometimes it gets too much. No, I I think this is a huge thing. I was contacted on a work email when my screen was open for a client presentation. The preview of the message was visible on screen. Another friend of mine was actually called on her way on her work line. Thanks, Jared, and guests in advance. So I do think this is an issue. I do think it's more men... Sure. That I I mean I have women like I'm dating someone, I have a girlfriend and I I've had people reach out to me but it's not like that. It's not like aggressive. this. It's not that men are de- you know definitely I've heard these stories before this isn't the first I've heard it. Right. So, I, I I have to assume that this girl is absolutely stunning. I well that I have thought, this uh, th- that has, thought crossed my mind as well. Yeah, because t- to have this many people th- to have it happen this many times that relentless in, in trying to make, you know, win her back or stay in touch with her, I I have to believe she's just like one of the hottest women alive. Yeah, I I mean that, or she's dating psychopaths. Yeah, and but I I'm looking I I don't know. I'm one of those people that's like looks they're never to do with what's going on. Everyone has a look that they're into, but it it is one of those things that if you have a look that guys feel like they're batting out of their ballpark, right? They're like, well, I gotta figure this out. How do I get? But I do think more than this is I do think that a big part of this is the one, the idea of when you've been blocked, people hate having someone out there that hates them. Yeah. So I do think a lot of the, and guys especially want to be, no one wants to be the bad guy. Right. No one wants to be the guy that was no, and, and I do think it's an excuse at a certain, you know, the blocking becomes the excuse to get in touch. Right. So, you know, the cleaning up the blocking is almost an excuse to get you talking to them again. Right. And I, I can't tell you how to stop. I mean, there's a point where you have to inform police and you have to <laughs> go to authorities. If someone's calling your work line, that's stalking. That, yeah, that's right. A, you know, I do think that's well within your rights right. to contact authorities. I would let people know. And I understand if it pops up in your work email, someone going, aren't you engaged? You know, and seeing a, right. a man writing you, I do understand where you're worried about public thoughts on you and work people thinking uh, badly about you. 
I can't tell you, I, and I do think it's a lot to do with male ego. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, where it's like, well, I, I want to make sure I can still get you. Yeah. And even when they see you're engaged, do I have any owner, or, and this sounds bad, any ownership over this person? Could I still get it? Right. Do I still own real estate in her head? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. That's it. And, and to say that there are guys out there that want that, that need that. Yeah. Especially if they're out there dating and you're the hottest girl he's ever dated. Right. I got to know if I could still do it. Also, I heard this theory once, and I and I do think um, lots more guys have the one that got away than girls do. Yeah. Because yeah. we let things go away. Mm. We'll be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, do you want to be in a relationship? And they'll be, and we'll be like, ah, you know, I, I'm not ready to be serious yet. And you let someone who you like go and move on. Right. And then you're sitting there a year later going, man, that didn't end. I could have still been with that person. Right. Because then the guy has gone out and, and experienced a, a litany of horrific sure. relationships. And whatever it's been. And, and, that, and yeah. the girls are, and, you know, with emails that we get here, I'm just going by what I see is that women will be like, well, I, I'm ready to make this. Let's, let's date. Let's right. be official. Right. And guys take let's be official as, well, now we're engaged to be engaged. So then right. they let that go without even getting to know the person and really digging into it. Yeah, I, I do think uh, having a really broad sample size and a, and a lot of dating experience is a great way to help you like someone more. Yeah. Um, because yeah. then you have a, a sample against which to frame the person that you're with. Um, so like you'll say, girls will be like, well, you, he should have seen me for who I was at the time. I'm not giving him another chance. Sure. And I, I respect that. But sometimes it's not easy to, to see what you have while you've got it. So now I, I do understand that whole thing of like you see something up close and you think, oh, we're this isn't the right thing. And then you go back away. You're like. She was beautiful, smart, great job, good group of friends, and you're sitting there in your dirty apartment with nothing to fucking right, nothing for it. Right. So I do understand where the both of the like guys will do that to themselves more. The the love that's gone away, and then you see their perfect life. I think women pine in a different way, mm -hmm. where you see a lot of them. They'll get mad at weddings, and they're just like, "Well, I just want to be at the wedding." Right. That guy isn't wasn't right for me. I just want to be at the show. Right. And where guys see a wedding, they go, a lot of times you'll see, you'll be like, man, I could have kept that going. Uh-huh. You know? Uh -huh. So I do understand. I do think for her, I don't know. I, I'm, we can only explain why. I don't think we can tell her, like, how you're doing the right things. Right. Don't respond to these people. Don't let them into your life. Don't even give them an inch. Yeah. Because their ego will make them keep going. It sounds like, you know, she uh, has done everything she can. Yes, J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Francis Ellis at Francis Barstool. I always fuck it up because I, <laughs> I go to say your Twitter and then I say your Instagram yeah. at Francis Barstool on Instagram. Go follow, go support. Can friends with benefits ever turn into more? Jared. I think, I, I, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I think yes. And absolutely. But I should have. Absolutely. Was, yeah. Yeah. Really, absolutely. Uh -huh. I guess I need to hear the email. I, I, I thought that was just like an open question. <laughs> I found myself in a situation with a guy uh, that I could use your no BS advice on. Quick backstory. Freshman year of college we met, have remained friends ever since, now both 23. 
I had always thought he was super hot, but also out of my league, and he had a girlfriend for a large person of college, so I never pursued anything more than just friends with him. Fast forward to right around graduation, we were both really drunk at the bar and ended up randomly hooking up that night. Afterwards, I didn't think much of it. Uh, we were graduating and going our separate ways, me to Philly, him to NYC, so I chalked it up to being a one-night stand, probably wouldn't really see him again. Then, over a year later, this past September, I posted a snap to my story saying I was going to this music festival in Philly. He replied saying he was also going that we should meet up. That led to us basically spending the entire weekend together, pregame, with both his friends and mine. Concert, spending numerous nights at my place. After that weekend, we went our separate ways, and again, since we don't live in the same city. A few weeks later, he was back in Philly, and a similar thing happened. He just hit me up saying he was in the city. And I, I went and hung out with him and his friends, and he stayed over at my place both nights that weekend. Every time we hung out, it's been great. We get along super well. His friends are really fun. We have amazing sex. This pattern continued to repeat every week, uh, few weeks as his best friend lives in Philly, so he frequently visits. This all sounds good. What do you think so far? Well, I, I don't even know if I would call them really friends with benefits. Let's I, just call it benefits. Yeah, right. This sounds... Are I guess fuck buddies is the same thing as friends with benefits, but well, I would I would I would differ those. Yeah, this sounds friends more with like benefits fuck. is like we hang out like a couple. Yes, and we talk every day and have a great time with each other, but also we fuck. Right. And sometimes we fall asleep in each other's beds. I I do think there's a the fuck buddies thing is more towards this where it's like. I'm coming to down, town yes, right. here to drop off the splooge. You know, like it's like because that's what this sounds like to me, where it's like this is like a very convenient thing. Like right. every time he shows up, he gets to just come on down yeah. and come on and get some sex and stuff like it just this is. And, and just because you have good weekends together doesn't mean. Your friends. Yeah. I think she's too acquiescent. I think she's like, basically, if, if she wanted to actually be fr friends with benefits is too generous of a term for her. Yes. This is, this is, you know, you're, you know, this is like a rock star showing up to a town and having someone that he can trust and lean on for a good time. Right. And that's, we don't mean to like dis disparage her. No, no. But we're saying that in the most, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's going, well, I got... I got cum dumpster in Philly. No, he's like, oh, there's a cool girl that will hang out and fuck me in Philly. Right. So she writes, even though I could feel myself starting to develop feelings for him, I continuously told myself to bury them since I assumed there was nothing more than a hookup situation. However, one morning a couple weeks ago, he dropped the fact that he wasn't just hanging out for the sex and that he genuinely likes me. He started saying that he wants to come up and visit him in it. Wants me to come up and visit him in NYC, spend a weekend with him. In the moment, I was thrilled and started to think that maybe this could turn into something more, which I would definitely be interested in. However, since then, we haven't talked. And in between the times we have previously hung out, we didn't talk either. There was no texting, no Snapchat, nothing, which I always thought was kind of weird, but didn't want to reach out to him and have him think I was being clingy or making our relationship something more than it was. Like I said before... We, we hang out, it's amazing, almost feels like we're dating, but in between there's literally nothing and it's driving me crazy. Question for you is should I try, what should I do to try and take advantage of this and the next take this to the next level? Do you think there's potential for it to really turn into something more or do I let him go because we're all, we will never be anything more than just friends with benefits? I apologize for lengthy email. What do you think? I think I don't think she has a chance. You don't think no chance? Not not with this case. Okay, why is that? Because they've established a pattern of behavior that is not in line with like uh, your traditional, 
ramping up of a relationship mm. and i don't think he's ever going to take her seriously given what he once had with her yeah especially if he's not trying during the week yeah to really like you know solidify some sort of back and forth i'm not one for saying texting equals effort but especially when you're like you know you're an hour and a half train ride apart the lead and you invite this person to new york city hey you should come i'm really liking you You should come to the city at that point there's got to be follow-up yeah to prove the things you said in the moment were just weren't just the moment right right yeah she, i've done this before too yes i've been that guy was like again you should come we should do this it's not the same as it's conditional it's conditional it's yeah. not the same as hey i'm buying the train ticket i'll see you next friday right. i'm getting dinner reservations right those are two different things one is said to make yourself feel good one's done to make the other person feel good. right the guy is when he uses those terms he's just leaving the option for himself open yeah as opposed to committing and it, and it holds on to you that you're being held on to by this fake fairy tale thing that might happen right and then he can always go Ah, uh, listen. I, you know, I had another thing come up. We should do it another. We should do it another time. Yeah. Big difference between let's do and we should. Right. Right. We have to remember. I do think there's a chance. Not to say that she has no chance. I think what she has to do is be more. I think at this point with her in this point in the relationship, hey, I'm down to come to New York and see what's up. Yeah. Like, uh, totally cool. You can push out. Totally cool. If that was just in the moment, but I'd like to see this through and see where it could maybe go. Yeah. I think it's time for that. Right. Because there is a point where you got to say, hey, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to just be the station whore. Right. You know, in Philly. Like, I don't want to be that person to you. Uh, Yeah. Walking glory Uh, hole. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking to be more than just your your road fuck. Right. Right. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Francis Ellis, thank you for coming on. It was a blast, man. So much fun. Um, Listen, Shelby, thank you for popping in. Thanks for having me. At Classic Shelb on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Listen, all you go follow Francis at Francis Barstool on Instagram, at Francis C. Ellis on Twitter, 2-7, February 7th through 9th. He's going to be at the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Thank you for coming on, dude. Thanks for having me. Dude, I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Tuesday and Friday. Listen, I got dates coming up. Boston, Atlanta, D.C., jaredfreed.com. I got dates up the wazoo. Go check it out. Come on out. Oh, also Miami. That's a big one. Miami, we need you, baby. Come on out. We're going to Miami. Buenvenido a Miami. We'll be back next episode. Boom.